For Christ has entered not only into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have to offer, suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment, so Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Would you pray with me? Our gracious God, we thank you for the word of God. And so we ask now, Spirit of God, open our eyes that we may behold the Son of God in His wonderful and beautiful Word. Be our teacher now, we pray, for your servants are listening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The famous words you've probably heard before on Christmas Eve, maybe if you've read a famous book by Charles Dickens, are the words, Bah humbug. Bah humbug. Who, Who said those words? Anyone know? Ebenezer Scrooge, that's right, the arch villain of Christmas cheer, Ebenezer Scrooge. He wrote these words in the story of Christmas Carol many, many years ago. This was Dickens' description of Ebenezer Scrooge. Quote, he was a tight-fisted, squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, cold, covetous, old sinner. Ebenezer Scrooge. He was as hard and as sharp as flint from which no steel had ever struck a generous fire. Ebenezer Scrooge, ladies and gentlemen, let's close in prayer. No, that's not. <laughs> what makes the story of a Christmas Carol such a great Christmas story in one sense is that we see the transformation of Ebenezer Scrooge. You remember the story. He He views himself and Christmas through three lenses, the lens of Christmas past, the lens of Christmas present and the lens of Christmas future. And after viewing himself and viewing Christmas through those three lenses, we find that this character, Ebenezer Scrooge, is utterly transformed. Now, while it's a wonderful story. The one thing that Charles Dickens leaves out of the Christmas carol is Christ. (laughs) Jesus is failed to be mentioned even once in this story. And so what we're going to do tonight is I'm just going to draw your attention to a few observations here in this wonderful Christmas passage in Hebrews chapter nine. Everyone's favorite Christmas passage. And I want you to do something similar that what Dickens did in that story. Instead of looking at ourselves and instead of looking at Christmas, we're going to look at Christ. We're going to look at Christ's appearing in three tenses. 
We're going to look at his appearing in the past, his appearing in the present, and his appearing in the future. So if you're a note taker, there's your outline. Christ's present appearing, Christ's past appearing, and Christ's future appearing. So let's think about this. Let's consider these three lenses. And if you want another image, think of these three appearings that Hebrews talks about as three presents he wants each one of us to open and as they reveal the glory and the grace of Jesus Christ. So first, look again there in your notes there at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. Look at Christ's past appearing. Verse 26, but as it is, he, notice this tense, has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, took on flesh and dwelt among us for this purpose, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The son of God came to earth to lay down his life for sinners. And he did that. He put away sin by being born as a man, living a perfect, holy, upright, God-fearing life. He loved the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength every second of his life. He fulfilled the law and he went to the cross fully obedient to his heavenly father. And he says right there in verse 26, he put away sin. How? By the sacrifice of himself. It was written long ago in the Old Testament about the Messiah that when he came, this is what he would do. According to Isaiah 53, he would pour out his soul to death. He would be numbered with the transgressors. And yet he would bear the sin of many and make intercession for the transgressors. So what the good news of Christmas is that Christ, the eternal son of God, came. He appeared and he bore the sins of his people on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. That's the first lens that you have to look through. But number two, where is Jesus now? Look there in verse 24. Christ's present appearing. Notice the word appear occurs again. Verse 24. It says, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the, of the true things. Verse 24. But into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Literally for us. Right now, Jesus Christ appears in heaven before the throne of God. And if you are trusting in him, he appears there for you. He is your advocate. Now, you have an accuser in this world. And if you are in Christ, the good news is you also have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And right now, at this very moment. Jesus Christ isn't in a manger and Jesus Christ isn't on the cross. 
The risen Savior is interceding for you before the throne of God above. We sing a song in this church sometimes called, uh, I don't remember the name of it. I know the line and it goes like this. Before the throne of God above, that's what it's called. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me. And that's what Jesus Christ is doing right now. He came. He appeared. He suffered. He died. He rose again. He ascended into glory. And this very moment, he's praying and interceding on behalf of his people before the throne of God above. And that is a wonderful message of good news. And if that were all Christ promised, that'd be great. But there's actually one more present to open. Notice the last word, the last occurrence of appear in this passage. Look down in verse 28. We've looked at Christ's past appearing and his present appearing. Look at Christ's future appearing in verse 28. Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. We celebrate Advent this time of year, but the word Advent doesn't just refer to his first coming. It refers also to the second coming of our Lord. The good news of this passage is that he hasn't just appeared to take away our sins And he's not just appearing before God's throne. He promises to come again to, as it were, finally and ultimately save us from our sins. Anybody here struggle with sin? Now, if you're a member of this church, you better raise your hand because we only let sinners into this church. Right. You have to be a baptized, repentant sinner. But every one of us struggle with sin. If you are in Christ, the promise is there's a day coming when you won't struggle with sin anymore. Because sin will be done away with. We will be made like him and we'll be able to enjoy him and his presence forever. That's the glorious promise held out in this passage. So what are we supposed to take away from this? Three applications and then we'll be done. Application number one, each one of us in this room have a question to answer. And the question is this. Have you received this Christ? Christmas isn't just about holiday cheer. It's not about looking at Christmas past, present and future. The question is, have you received this savior? Have you trusted your eternity into his hands? This gift that God offers the world isn't to be received by doing good deeds or going to church or reading your Bible. It's to be received with the open hands of faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you received This Christ, have you trusted yourself to him?
a question each one of us needs to answer. If you have more questions about that, I'll be at the back door after the service. A great place to start if you have more questions is a part of the Bible called the Gospel of John. And if you don't have a Bible, you can take the Bible that's in the pew in front of you. Now, don't take your neighbor's Bible. That's stealing. Take the Bible in front of you, the little black Bible. Let that be a gift from our church to you. We'd love for you to have a copy of God's word that you could read. Application number two, there's a command to obey. Here's the command to obey. Christian, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christian, you came into this meeting tonight thinking about something. Are you setting your mind on these things? The glorious message of Jesus Christ. That's a command to obey. Third, we have a promise to believe. A promise to believe. Paul writes in Colossians chapter three. Listen, when Christ, this Christ we've been thinking about, when Christ who is your life appears, you will appear with him in glory. This Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Friend, how eagerly are you waiting for this Christ? Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, you have given us the greatest gift that you could ever give. Help us to treasure your son as you treasure him. Help us to delight in him as you delight in him. Help us to love him as you love him today and forever. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.